You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. What's going on, sweet people? Personas dulces. Forging Fury. Forging Fury. Forging Fury podcast. I'm so excited. We've got faces only our mother could love. Can't believe you just said that. Love you, mean it. What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, alongside my best friend, Michael Gray, what up? we have a good friend in the house, Joe Mike Paul. What's going on, my friend? Hey, what's going on, guys? Super happy to be on the show today. And Yeah, so if you guys don't know Joe, he's brand new to Fury. He's been here a couple months. He coaches in, uh, at the nighttime classes with me. Um, you, sometimes you meet someone, and you're like, man... They're your people. Yeah, like you're you're my best friend already, and we just met a couple of days ago. And, and so that, Riley has lots of best friends. You'll, you'll <laughs> yeah. He calls me his best friend on every episode. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone should be your best friend. She feel like you should treat everyone like you're they're your best friend. But then you realize that I'm not really your best friend, and that makes me sad. No, I feel like he's got like every time I call someone else my best friend, he's got like jealous issues. He's like, well, he's I'm on your page, Michael. I'm like <laughs> I'm like very very particular. <laughs> yeah, like I you're not my best friend, Riley. I, oh, I never wow. say no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe just moved here a couple months ago from Wisconsin, correct? Yep. All right. Yeah. So give us a brief history, Joe. Tell tell us who you are, where you're from, what brought you here to the great state of Arizona. Start with your conception and move from there. So <laughs> yeah, right. My <laughs> parents. Well, no, keep going. it was fall of nineteen ninety one. No, so um, all right. Well, yeah. Let, let's go back to Wisconsin, twenty fifteen. I had just graduated college, and my wife and I, who was then my girlfriend, came down here to visit, and we were just like, "Let's see what it's about." I was kind of, I was much of a daydreamer. I was a um, an exchange student in high school, so I lived in Germany. So I kind of got that wanderlust early, and then I was like, "All right, time to move somewhere warm." I've been living in the north for too long, so let's go down to Arizona and see what's up. And I applied for school at Prescott. Mm-hmm. You guys familiar with? It's like a hippie school. Kind well, of down if you here, said so. Prescott, you you can fit in. I yeah. said Prescott for a long time. Oh, yeah, that's I, a faux pas, dude. Yeah, as, don't do that. When I <laughs> I called it Prescott until <laughs> I got to the orientation. <laughs> is it Prescott College? What is it? I think it's just so. called Prescott. No, <laughs> yeah, it's Prescott. That would Prescott. very much match the school's yeah. kind of like <laughs> philosophy. No, I think it's Prescott College. Okay, so um, yeah, went there 2015. Visited. I was ready to move and just said hey let's go Allie it's, it's time to go and <laughs> she wasn't ready for that we weren't living together or anything like that so um, fast forward five years we're in the middle of quarantine we're married now for a year and a half and we're like all right well you know if this isn't a sign that we need to get the hell out of here then um, we don't know what it is so we started looking for apartments and we have really good friends that live down here already so uh, Goodyear was the spot for us. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, it seemed like this was a time that everyone is just like picking things up and going somewhere else. Yeah. Like everyone's using this time as like, hey, maybe we should resettle somewhere else. Maybe we should move to a new town. And a lot of people are coming to Arizona, which, you know, some good folks are coming. Yeah. As Now, was, was Wisconsin locked down pretty hard? I think they were, right? Was that part of your reason? Like, we just can't do anything. It's depressing. We need to go somewhere where we have some space to, to roam. Yeah, so outside of the context of of COVID and the whole quarantine Wisconsin was just really like, we, we really felt like stuck and there was some, it was just something we eventually knew we wanted to grow out of, right? I knew that from a young age and then growing together with Allie, we, we, we like, you know, built that vision together to understand that was important. And a lot of it was, I was growing more in my own, like faith into my own business and saying, Hey, this is going to be something I'm going to run online. I don't want to do this 
in Wisconsin because we've always wanted to move. So kind of going back to the question too of like how you got here in terms of decisions was I had been a coach in so many different realms before that when I was like, I just want to do this myself. And that was really the push that I needed to kick my butt into gear to make sure that <laughs> we could still have, yeah. you know, dinner on the table and that sort of thing. So um, that was a big push. Nice. And then you've been here for two months now. What's your two-month yeah, assessment two of two-and-a-half, <laughs> three-month assessment? Yeah. It's a really bad time, but, you know, like two uh, months in, what do you think? Hey, weather-wise alone, it's it's got a good assessment, I would think. From Wisconsin yeah. here, it's so, be so we both came down with COVID the day we moved down here. So it was like... <laughs> yeah, so super spreaders, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those damn rest areas, they'll get you every time. Seriously, so we were like hardcore, we were like quarantined three weeks. We were like be extra safe, do everything you can. I'm like trying not even to like walk outside. I was like sit in my yard where there's like <laughs> a little bit of sunshine when I stand up. Otherwise it's like completely in the shade. Uh, so it took, it took us about three weeks before we could really truly experience it. And since then it's been, you know, so we, this is not a COVID podcast. We've talked at it at nauseum, but I want to know what like a healthy dude experience was like you're fit as a fiddle. Yeah, it was like a bag full of hammers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate that because I did not. I felt like a like an, an amoeba, as oh, really? you said the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like a shapeless form uh, for about at least three days. And so, uh, for me personally, I, it was like down and out. I I got hit hard with it, pretty really, bad, huh? Really bad back pain. Couldn't really do much, but about five minutes of activity, and then I was out. And I tried working out. I think it was like day 18 and I was like out for three more days after that. It was so much worse, but for just recovery was awful. It was and it, and it wasn't for me. It was just like the full recovery happened three weeks later. Whereas my wife was like, she had like two and a half weeks of just straight, like mostly misery for me. It was like a hard seven days. And then at the 21 day mark felt pretty good. So like you didn't feel sick, but you just felt residuals. Like you just felt lethargic, you felt sore, you felt body aches, stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was like nothing else really that I've ever experienced before. Just wow. in terms of like, it hit from all angles. So like, so you I knew was like, you knew, yeah, like you knew had it. Yeah, my <laughs> my wife knew she had it, and she was like, she had the the smell, the taste, all that sort of stuff happening. And then for me, it was more just like dead energy. Uh-huh. Like so I couldn't a lot of it. symptoms, not asymptomatic at all. My sister right. had it, and she the way she described it is like it's a rolling list of symptoms. Like it's just one thing, and then it's the next thing, and then it's like every symptom you're just going through the checklist of what it is, and it just never stops. It seems like well, then this then some people have it, and they don't have a symptom at all. I know it's crazy because I actually have so I had clients in Wisconsin that I was checking in with uh, during that time, and they had the same symptoms per woman and like per male per female. So the guys out for three days, couldn't do anything, soreness, all that sort of thing. And the women were uh, no smell, no taste. So I was like, this is kind of interesting. Is this mm. strain running through? You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not an immunologist yeah, yeah. or virologist. But so. that's funny that you say that because our, our boss, Brittany, unfortunately got COVID-19, but she got it from people up in Michigan. It's that Northwest strain, that Big Ten, you know, conference uh, COVID-19. That's the the killer is up there, like that hard stuff. I guess we got the softer version down here in Arizona, but everyone that goes up north, they don't come back the same part. It's that, it's that like vitamin D dented COVID COVID D. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, there's not a lot of sun up there. There's, I mean, a lot of snow, a lot of depression, a lot of bad football. 
But um, yeah, but we're not going to go there. Yeah, <laughs> we won't. Actually, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a defensive statement. <laughs> so I won't. University of Wisconsin is that we went to school? I went to Concordia University, of Wisconsin, okay. which is far smaller. Okay. Did you play ball up there? I did play ball. Okay. Yeah. Foot you, ball. Foot football. <laughs> I did play football. Okay. Yeah. I didn't football. want to like label you as what I <laughs> thought you'd be, but that's about it. I toured Concordia University. I think it was in Oregon or Washington. There's when multiple? I was, when I was a junior in high school. Yeah. There, it was a nice nice campus there. They're doing really great things with the campuses, and they're all over. It's pretty sweet. I looked at the one in Oregon for a while, too. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Oregon. I'm glad I'm not in Oregon, though. No. <laughs> yes, yeah. Great decision there, buddy. Hold one on, those careful, be- dude. One of the most beautiful places in the world and some of the most beautiful and interesting people. The Oregon, Oregon people are going to come for you. I don't want anybody to come for me. I love you guys. You've if, already been blacklisted Oregon, in California. Oh, man. Now, count in Oregon. You're down to 48 states you can live in. Not All right, Kel, can you put a, in a good word for me in, in Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin, please? Yeah. I need help. So I, I will after the California story. Yeah. I gotta, we'll cover that later. So, Joe... Really the goal here is what I wanted to do is not only introduce you to our kind of our fan base because it's so huge, uh, but I wanted to give give you an opportunity to kind of tell people what you do. This is the time of year that people are trying to get their lives together. They're thinking about getting their lives together. And sometimes that fear of not knowing what's going to happen next that can disable them from making those decisions. But tell people what you do and kind of how you love to help people. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you. Thank you for that. And that like, you kind of mentioned something that's really big for me and that is this sort of like paralysis that a lot of us get into because we see this vision for ourselves and we're not sure how to connect where we are now to that vision. And so that's a lot of what I do through the lens of nutrition and fitness. And <clears throat> what that means for a lot of people is not just eating all of the right foods, because if I go up to you, if I go up to someone in the street and I say, Hey, um, between that apple and that cake, if you had to choose which one is going to be better for you, which one are you going to pick? Michael. Uh, <laughs> is it carrot cake? Yeah. Is it the <laughs> no. salad of cakes? Ob- carrot cakes. <laughs> Obviously, uh, apple would be a better choice, you would think, right? So, in my point, I mean, that was more of a rhetorical question, but I'm so glad that you guys <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> I, I just went with it. So, uh, but my point is that people typically understand what food is going to be you know, I hate saying like good, bad, healthy, whatever, but the reality is there are going to be foods that are better for you in terms of your energy and foods that are not. So, uh, you know what the difference is, you know, what, what's happening when you pick that food. It's just that it's picking apart part that decision. So it's really about rewiring that, but to make, to like, it's not like blue wire, red wire. We're not getting crazy complex. Bomb, with the we wires. are the bomb squad out here. The bomb squads, right? Yeah. So, um, but the reality is just making the easy decision and the right decision, the same one. If you boil down what I do, it's that in essence across your life, lifestyle, nutrition decisions, and fitness and, and everything really. Yeah. It reminds me of a, a podcast we did with Aaron and Michael Blevins. And we were talking about pop tarts because for some reason at the beginning of our journey here on the podcast, pop tarts came up a lot and he made an interesting comment like pop tarts aren't necessarily bad like if you're just looking something that's like like looking for something that's a pure carb pop tarts might be what you need it just depends on what you're what you need for your body so he kind of changed how i look at things like pop tarts are always bad obviously they're not great to eat but if you just want pure energy boom mm. that's that's a functional food for that if you have to have it you know and if it's been something that your whole life you haven't eaten the cake 
Sometimes you have to eat the fucking cake. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> well, we just talked about... a tagline to our, our podcast. <laughs> Make t-shirts, please. Yeah, I, but that might be like a copyright thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. he's like, I don't, said it first, so yeah. don't steal it. No, 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 Trademark. not from me, someone else. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, what we, what I was talking to Joe before you came, uh, Michael, was I ate 14 tacos the other night. and You we, told me that. Yeah. You were but, very proud of it. Well, it was, it was good, but I was also saying like, I lack the freedom to give myself that kind of room like every time. So we were talking, you know, I don't allow myself to go to that side because of crazy foods because I'm so wired like that. I was almost jealous of certain humans because they can eat whatever they want and not care. Did, th- did that happen as a result? Is that something that like you experienced when you were younger? Uh, like, I mean, I remember as a kid, my v- whole life was junk food. Like my mom raised us it was quick like she was at school she was at work so it was always like you know oven pizzas and pizza rolls and you know pop tarts and cereal like anything that we could make when she wasn't there so yeah i have that sugar dna dude it's deep in that rna dna what is it i wish i knew the like the that double helix is exactly, just fixed around exactly sugar. Yeah. molded with sucrose and fake <laughs> sugars yes so are you saying you don't generally eat like pig out because if you do then that opens up a floodgate of you doing it all the time oh yeah so okay, I understand that. Yeah, like that's a that's a big reason into why I got into the space because going back to a little bit on the college football thing was I used to have <laughs> I, I've I've written about it before as the pizza night diet because you you would get meal swipes on your card with your your college ID and you could get a full pizza my freshman year so one of my my first years on campus you could get a full pizza with a meal swipe and I would just smash pizzas like nightly. And, oh. you know, like we're, we're not talking like thin crust, like eight inch, like, it's like a legitimate 14 inch rising crust. Chicago style. Yeah. <laughs> Deep yeah. Dish. yeah. So, um, that, that we talked a little bit about it before, but the awareness of the misery that I was putting my body through just wasn't there to say, do something else. Yeah. Did you know it then? Cause I feel like in college you don't quite know how much misery that's causing you, right? Like, did you know, dude, that pizza killed me last night? No. Or did you just kind of, that was your life and you didn't? 100%. Realize? Michael, that, I never once thought of it like that. <laughs> in fact, the, the like, my proudest physical accomplishment in the weight room came after three hours of sleep at the 6 a.m. lift sesh. And I was like, wow, this was amazing. Like, I can do anything. Three hours of sleep and a, you know, 400 plus pound back squat. Well, what is it at that, like, moment of life like we've all been through it now it's like those early 20s like you're just superman like you feel like no food sticks to your body like you can stay up late you can be hung over and work out like what is it those early years you're just like bulletproof it's it's wild to me because i think about the people who do it you know not right because i don't think i mean there's not a whole lot of people that i could look at at that time and be like oh they're doing it right but at the same time there are people who do it better and to me it's just it's like it's it's a leapstone. They just kind of skip that next step of misery of realizing after college, hey, this shit doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So that was a big check for me. Is like when I got out of college, I was like, okay, this this ship ain't gonna fly the same. Like it's not. It's hit, it hits different after college, and I was lucky enough to get into fitness, so it was it was a smooth transition. But for like, I want people. People aren't like me. Like people want to kind of live frivolously they want to have fun they want to go out and that's the kind of person i want to talk to this today on this episode is like not the fitness enthusiast or the person that works out so they want to drink beer yeah yeah like talk Uh, talk to that person like uh, what would you say to them so one thing that i've found and this this runs true not only through my own life but a lot of the clients that i've worked with and that is that 
it, it goes back to the same thing we've been talking about is you wake up Sunday morning, you realize you feel guilty, you feel remorse, you feel like shit because you, you went over the top and you actually didn't enjoy what you thought you were enjoying, whether it was six beers, you know, a whole sheet cake or, you know, all of the popcorn in the movie theater, whatever it was, tacos. 14 tacos. Right. And, um, what, what you start bringing your awareness to is how good it feels when you wake up Sunday morning and you don't have that feeling, but guess what you did have? You had a beer, you still had some cake, you still had the experience. And so really what I like to draw attention to with uh, everyone that I work with, whether it's just in a DM or whether it's someone that I've been working with for six months is, Hey, what did you get out of that experience? And really it turns into, again, making the easy decision, the right decision, the same one, and then your experience within. And sometimes it's worth it though, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's the 14 tacos. Are you worth know how it. I love to plug other podcasts. Amanda yeah. Walker's podcast is great. Heidi listens to it all the time. Feel amazing naked. One of the best podcast wow. titles ever. But she talks about how, you know, especially with women, like it's Christmas cookie time and people are like, no, I'll just have one little bite of this Christmas cookie. And then they have two little bites and 17 and 50 little bites. Just say, look, it's Christmas time. I'm going to have a Christmas cookie. I'm going to have one or two and let it just have no guilt with that. Mm. Uh, you know, so you That's get so easy to say, but it's so hard. So to do. where I would take that, I'm sorry, I didn't want to no, go, go, ahead. go for so it. So where I would take that is, uh, for us, I said it before, but we like swear there's no like, because yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm with talking with a, like someone that has this exact same scenario and they say, well, you know, I, it's Christmas cookie season, so I'd like to enjoy a few cookies. That'd be great. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> that's how they're going to say it. You know, like they're kind of scared, mou- <laughs> a little mousy about it, telling their nutrition coach they want cookies. But at the same time, I would say, look, you're going to, what you're going to do is decide how many cookies it will take for you to be really, really enjoying that experience of eating the cookies then you eat the fuck out of those cookies and you will enjoy them (laughs) and then when you're done literally say this out loud to yourself i enjoyed those two cookies and so sometimes it goes that far some people will be like they'll just text me cool yeah i'm gonna have two cookies blah blah blah." and uh, the other people will say like literally say it out loud i ate two cookies i enjoyed it i am satisfied because you need that that affirmation sometimes because if you don't it's don't have that pattern interrupt you're like I'm going to keep going. Yeah, that's me. I'll, then I'll you too, have yeah. fear of missing out, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, I didn't get to have those cookies. It's a tradition. My mom used to make them and mm-hmm. she's passed or something. Like, it's always, there's emotion wrapped around it. So Yeah, foods and emotions, like they go together like like peanut butter and jelly, you know? And I used to be of the mindset too. <laughs> Which is I'm, also a good food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, I used to be of the mindset where we have to detach emotion from food, but really it was you you have to attach the appropriate emotion to food and the appropriate amount. But really what you want out of it is the experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So 14 tacos was maybe a little excessive. <laughs> like you, you I enjoyed every friends. one of them. <laughs> Actually what happened was we got to, I got to about 11 well, and I was like, okay, was. <laughs> yeah. I got to 11. I was like, okay guys, I, I got nothing to prove to you. I'm going to reel it in. They're like, Oh no, you've had 11. You might as well go to 14. Just order three more. Lisa Brockman. Uh, like, she's like, keep eating. I'm like, all right. They really had to twist my arm. And you said they were regular sized tacos. We're not talking about like little tacos. No, it wasn't street tacos. They had like a deep fried shell. So they were like heavy. And you were working out the next morning and you kicked my butt still. It was. And I could feel the, like the lard coming from my armpits. It's, it was, it's a visceral feeling. It's always the work. It's not the one directly after it's like the one or two after that, where you're just like, okay, it's working in my body. (laughs) I can feel it coming out. 
Um, we spoke heavily on this podcast. I don't wear deodorant. So when I eat different things, my, you know, the tap hits different when, when you got different things coming inside or coming out at least. And the last, like two days after that, I just felt myself sweating, like serious taco sweat. Like it was weird coming out. It was like, you could have like taken it out and like put it on top of the taco. Like it was a salsa of some sort. So yeah, I sweat salsa. That's basically what I'm telling people. That sounds delicious. Yeah. You know, when the garlic hits a little bit more, you smell it. You, but I, why don't I smell you though? Like, that's what I don't get. Like, well, because I usually eat pretty well. Like the the eat to smell ratio is is that there. affects how you smell. Yes, this is this is. Really? I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call this real science for a sec without a lab without a coat. <laughs> what, <laughs> I mean, mean bro science. Yeah, yeah, yes, but uh, this is the, I, I always tell people to pay attention to this stuff, right? And it's not just about like. I mean, most people I would imagine do wear a deodorant. Uh, we, this <laughs> this is a conversation we had uh, another time in the gym, which went great. But that. Uh, that idea of just paying attention to how things are moving. Like, like if you burp differently, mm-hmm. like that should, that should catch your attention. Like if, if you're burping up and you get like an acidy feeling in your throat and you're just ignoring that for a long time, <laughs> that might be something you want to pay attention to. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, you know, paying attention to your poops, paying mm-hmm. attention to how things move through your body. That's a huge, huge indicator of health. There's so many diagnostic tests that your like your body does for you that people just miss over the top. So like, even like, bad GI, bad poops, um, some bad smell, like bad smell. If you really rank, then, you know, probably not doing best. Like your skin, like if you're breaking out, like your even, body. Yeah. Even the sweat, like the discomfort, like uncomfortable sweating. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's, yeah. It's a different, it's, it's a, a report card. Like yeah. even your menstrual cycle, like your poop, like it's all your body telling you like, Hey, something's up. It's shit's not going right here. Or like we're doing good. Everything feels great. Yeah, so the GI tract things, I, I totally gelled with that. I've just never heard that the way your armpits would smell could be affected. So that's you learn something. I'm not being skeptical. I just well, it's because I learned you're something used new to today. putting chemicals into your armpits, which seems super smart. I feel judged right now. <laughs> I, I feel a lot of tension in there. <laughs> no, it was definitely meant to hit the judgment zone, and that's ro- like located under your third rib. Oh, okay. that's where the judgment yeah. smacked right in the ribs. So, what type of clients? What like do you work with? Tell us like tell the people out here like what kind of people you you've worked with in the past so they fit that bill. Yeah, hundred percent. So I grew up beyond college football. It was in the CrossFit gym, and so a lot of what I was doing is, or a lot of what I do do is work with people who are former athletes. So so a lot of times college athletes they come to me they're frustrated because they're used to working out two days or six days a week or these crazy, crazy workout splits. And now they get to this point where they're not seeing results with that. Well, you know, kind of going down what we typically see there is, you know, how is sleep, how are relationships, how are, you know, like how, how's your food? What's, what are you doing to recover from the gym? That sort of thing instead of, uh, because, because for me, it started with finding myself in a pile of sore misery after one workout. And that would happen for four days straight. So for me, that became a passion, but then I realized that that was, a hugely overlapping problem or, you know, a a place where I found myself in the CrossFit gym, because this is either people finding sport for the second time in their life and realizing that they can compete again, or it's people finding sport for the first time. And in either case, they usually don't know how to handle how much, like how passionately they want to work out and how to recover and how to actually see results from the food that they've been eating. Because kind of, we were talking about this before, and I think this is before recording, but like 
people working out so that they can do other stuff like have a drink on the weekend or have a pizza and that sort of thing. And that works for a little bit, but it's like the, uh, it's like just having enough leash to choke yourself with because after six to nine months, it doesn't work anymore. And those former college athletes, as much as we love to work with them, like they're, they're pretty dialed in. Like, what would you say to like a, let's say an 8am mom who wants to be like bikini ready by May? So, and that's the thing, like, you know, and I know we kind of talked to the, to this point about like the CrossFit athletes that, that are hearing this and that, that 8am mom, like one, like if she wasn't a college athlete, cool, that's fine. That, that doesn't like disqualify her from exactly what I would teach but she's finding sport again for the first time. Now she might not be competitive in any sense, but she sure as hell wants to look good in that bikini. Right. And what she's learned from being in the CrossFit gym and what most people learn, especially in the first six to nine months is the importance of competition or the importance of intensity, right? Like how many times you heard the word intensity in like CrossFit class? It's a buzzword and a little ringer goes off every time you say it. Right. Right. And then like, you know, CrossFit mom at ADM, she's like clapping her hands together in her Lulu pants and she's ready to rock for Mm -hmm. an intense workout because she thinks it's going to get her bikini ready. But in that, that that's really where you have to capture it and bridge the gap between what you're doing here and the intensity that you're pursuing here needs to you know, be equivocated in, in the kitchen and your lifestyle because that ADM mom might not have the relationships that support her being in a bikini. And as goofy as that might sound, that's the, that's the reality that we see all the time. And I'm going to drop a big question on you here. Yeah. Does lifting weights make you bulky? Because there's a lot of people out there that are still thinking this, Joe, please help our people out here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I love this question because, uh, you know, a lot of times when you answer in the space, it, it depends. This is one of those questions where you're like, like you, you have to literally try harder than trying hard, <laughs> the hardest, <laughs> the hardest to get bulky in this. And the other thing is that, look, when you build, like you need muscle in order to show it. Now that's a hard thing to say to, you know, let's let, let's say the ADM CrossFit mom who wants to look at in a bikini, but she needs her muscle. She wants to get toned. Well, the reality is, like you, like what keeps like what builds muscle keeps muscle. So even when we're cutting, losing weight, getting you ready for a bikini, you got to have some muscle there to show off. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I like to do, it's a lot easier when you have a visual to say, like, look at this person. Would you say that you can see their muscles or not? Because, you know, a toned, a toned woman is going to have some muscles you can see. Right. And let's just be honest. The people that ask for the most help here at our gym across the jury are women. Yeah. Like that's who, that's who we speak to. Like this podcast, like they listen to it. They're out there, they're listening. And I just want them to know that lifting weights does not make you bulky. And you have to like, like you said, you have to try harder than hard, hard, hard than to, to get that result. But yeah, we, we love those ladies, but like they, they need our help. Yeah. And I wrote a post on this that speaks really, it's pretty much written for that, that person, that mom, that, that lady who's doing CrossFit or trying to figure out whether they should lift heavy or not. And that is that when you do cardio, right, this is like lighting off a bunch of matches. Those reps are quick matches. When you do a lift, it is a, is like a torch, big flame, big effect. Like it's going to hit everything. Right. And we would much rather have that person enjoy the torch. than we need this picture in the gym. Like yeah, we need yeah. this illustration on the board at all times. Like you want to, you want to light something with a torch or do you want to light something with a, like a match? Right. It's the same thing. Like you have that response from that big lift way more than from a cardio piece. 
Right. And, you know, also going back to speaking to that mom too, it's like, you don't want to spend hours in the gym doing cardio. Nobody does. Nobody wants that. Some people here. love it though. Joe. I mean, like if you're a triathlete <laughs> yeah. then, and like you want to do well, well Dude, you're going to do When I was it. training for a try, that was awful. I didn't enjoy it. It's just like hamster work. You just keep going and you keep going. It's not fun. It's not fun. And that you shouldn't have to experience that to look good. You should have to experience that to do better at it. Yeah. But yeah, those, yeah. I feel like around the holidays, like people need like a guide, like some type of guidance. Like what would you tell people as approaching the holiday season? Like some easy tips to manage. Like number one, like you said, eat the effing cake, <laughs> eat that or, or do that. Or two, like, is there anything that like approaching the like holiday table that you can kind of give some easy tips, some low hanging fruit that they can mitigate all the gains or losses or, or anything really. Are you ready for it? Yeah. This is this is rule number one. Okay. Don't diet right now. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's some groundbreaking material. Yeah. But the, the don't reality. Don't diet or don't start a diet. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, really, really either. That's a really, really good point, right? Is, is don't start a diet. But even so, like, for example, my, my nutrition coach is telling me, Hey, right now, this is the lowest stress time before we put you into a cut. So I want you to really get the most out of experience and enjoying it, right? This is why I hired this coach because he, he values the same thing that I do. But when you're going through this phase, it could be either an important time to go on a, on a diet break, for example, mm -hmm. which is something that you would implement with more structure and strategy than saying eat everything. Right. And that's not what I mean by, uh, don't go on a diet or don't diet right now, but realistically the pressure is so high to, or, or the temptations are so high where if you restrict, 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 which is definitely a place that I came from. And it sounds like something you were mentioned before, Riley, sure. just like kind of grow into that after you know being able to do whatever you want that, that pain, that stress is just, it adds on to the already high stress of holidays and family and now COVID and trying to enjoy families and holidays during COVID and all this stuff. So um, that isn't to say wait until New Year's, but it's like develop the good habits now before you have less calories to d develop them on. That's, that's actually groundbreaking. Cause like I was expecting some like, you know, the triangle of the plate and the angle of the fork and chew your food. And it's like, <laughs> don't do it. Just don't yeah. even do it. Yeah. And like, yeah, again, like we, you know, admittedly, like I say that shit because it's people are like, whoa, no way. But the reality is like, sit down, eat your food, eat it with people that you enjoy what like that time with. And also, you know, you got, you got to enjoy the cookies mm -hmm. every once in a while. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to just come on here and be the nutrition coach that <laughs> says eat the cookies. Uh, the reality is that you can develop really, really good habits. Now start with protein, start with veggies, start with water. And when you begin that way, like one of my, uh, what I would call like a cornerstone philosophy or something is like every day, the first thing that I put in my mouth is going to be a healthy food. Right. So instead of being like, all right, sweet Christmas cookies out the bat with my coffee, <laughs> let's start with something, you know, lean protein, some veggies, get that in there. There you go. There, that's, that's, the You're like, there <laughs> we go. Like chipping away. Look, it takes a while to get to food because you know, when you talk with people, it's, you understand how much more goes into it than just what's going in the mouth. Yep. Um, Joe, I know we just talked about it before, but we, you've initially like started your own brand. Like tell us about that. And, 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 True North is what it's called. We, you exposed that to me, but tell us, tell people about the brand, tell people your goals with the brand and where they can kind of follow and, and get info. Right on. So 
where I started this whole nutrition and fitness coaching journey was uh, under the brand Unaverage Life. And that comes from, my name is Joe. So it was always like fighting that becoming of average Joe. <laughs> when, when now, See what you I'm did like, there. yeah. <laughs> and so now it's more, I'm like, all right, lean into average and, you know, like connect with average and then go beyond it. That's what's on average. So uh, it just didn't really hit in terms of the nutrition and fitness space. And so that's why True North came to my mind because as I grew up, I kind of realized this importance and this concept of having true North, like you're, when you, when you're on a map, you're looking for true North so that you know where to go elsewhere. It's not about just heading true North. It's about having direction so you can go anywhere you do want to go. And it applies to nutrition because as you start to develop habits, it's kind of like we're talking about now this, this time in the holidays, it's important to develop the skills that you need so that you can diet appropriately. It's getting the buy-in and really completing the prerequisites so that you can diet super effectively. And when you're done with that, maybe you want to PR your snatch. Maybe you want to get a, a better deadlift or a CrossFit total or anything like that. So do you work with clients individually? Like take us through what you do. So I do one-on-one coaching and it always starts with nutrition. If someone has a really specific need for programming, then we go into that. And it's usually more of um, someone who needs corrective exercise. Nutrition starts with it starts with strategy call beginning like what, where are you and where do you need to go? What's holding you back? It's really answering those three questions. And then from there uh, we create what I call a map, which makes sense as you're finding true North, you create Woo! your map. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, from the map, then we go and uh, we use the framework that always ends with forge for future success. And that means that, we have to plan for the diet after the diet. That's a really, really important part for me in communicating to my clients so that you're not just sweet, lose the weight and deal with it after. Yeah. Do you, you have social, you're on social at, tell us where it yeah, is. Yeah. Social is Joe Mike Paul. Mm-hmm. So three And if you names. guys haven't checked out Joe's Instagram, it is solid. Like he puts out really, really good content. Like, Low key, this guy is really good with social. So maybe we should pick his brain, Michael. But the stuff he puts up there is super informational, super like in depth into his life, into nutrition. Like that's reason why I like, I felt like I met Joe through the internet and then I met him in real life and I was like better knowing him. But he has really good content. So check out his social. It's really, really, really dope. So what Riley is really trying to tell you is that he was not catfished. In no, this no, <laughs> yes. definitely not. Joe is as cool as I thought he was on the internet, <laughs> which is rare these days. You see people on Instagram and then you see him in real life and you're disappointed. And that was not the case here. Um, 2021, big goals that you have, Joe. Anything just physically, business, anything you want to aspire in 2021? Yeah, so uh, the like the scheme that I that I follow is with my coach, Cody McBroom, and we do body being balanced in business. So body for me has been to hike 100 miles, which is uh, over 90 days, right? So this goal ends at the end of January. So I've got a little bit of hiking to do still. Um, <laughs> you better get busy. 100, 100 miles is... Yeah. What are you doing sitting here? Yeah, right. Get to <laughs> work. You're losing time. Yeah. So 100 miles is a lot further when there's... Um, it's definitely not flat down here. No. <laughs> uh, so I'm getting a lot of elevation in, uh, in each hike, but there's, you know, there's going to have to be some longer, flatter ones. Uh, being is actually podcasting. So that's, it's, we're doing it pretty on par with yes. that. Yeah. On brand weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on brand. So weekly podcast. And then, 
Balance is a monthly weekend getaway with my wife because we really love to travel, but it is specifically to include our dog because it's that's our trifecta there. Dog's name? Dog's name is Reina. Reina. Yeah. Which means queen in Spanish. Yeah, which is a really, really fortunate thing that we learned after we named her. Nice. Well, I've always, I've loved that name for like my daughter, Reina, but onward. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so business, there's a, a, a specific financial goal. And, you know, for me, it's just about helping more people though. And to boil it down to what really matters on this podcast is continue to help people like transform. Yeah. That's super awesome. Like we, we need, like I told you weeks ago, we should start like recording the podcast we have like in the gym because they're really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) We talk a lot and this is a winnable gap. Like here in our gym and whoever hears this, like it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be in fury. Like people don't know where to start. And now I have like a a very knowledgeable guy that I'm going to point you to. Like Joe's my guy. So if you don't know where to start, reach out to Joe. Like really, really like, Take us first step. I know it's this holiday season, but this guy is is my best friend. So, you know, he's a pretty good dude. Michael, do you agree? Yes, I, he is your best friend. <laughs> yeah. Does that hurt you a little bit when no, I say that? I, I'm glad to get to know you just because I, I've heard about you a lot from Riley, and I just, I'm never in the afternoon classes, so hopefully you'll get a chance to reach those 8 a.m. moms who I work out with. Yeah, right now, well, so. well, there's 8 a.m. moms, and then there's 8 a.m. dads as well. And, right. and he's Joe's open to help those guys too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's something that we talked about too before a little bit. In fact, I actually just started working with like a handful of, of dads and, and older guys who – they really like it literally goes back to what I was talking about before is like they lived that athlete life and now they're like, shit, I want to be like an athlete again, like mm. now. And then, so that's kind of that, like, Oh, redo it. Want to come back to it. And then a lot of times then it's like, Hey, I'm doing CrossFit. Let me be athletic again. Or, uh, for the first time in my life, maybe, you know, Joe, we like to end these episodes with like a favorite quote or a favorite kind of mantra or things that make you tick or anything that you think people need to hear on a big scale. Cause all, you know, 50 million people that are going to hear this, they need to hear this quote from you. What is it? All right. So this is, this is perfect. Unfortunately, my tattoo sleeve is covered, so I may screw this up, but it is written on the sleeve and it is, uh, the mind is its own place and makes a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. Oh, so that's from Paradise Lost. Um, I was an English major in college and that was like, I remember reading that part of Paradise Lost and I was like, <laughs> kind of like what Riley said. Like, <laughs> I'm in whoa, like a whoa. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's on my bicep. Usually I just kind of look down and peek at it. And flex uh, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to read it? <laughs> but so what does that quote mean to you? Well, it means that, okay, so we never actually got into, I actually think this is a good segue for what we were talking about before. Like how, yeah. Because we were talking about uh, bringing it to a close, but I'm going to open it back up here just for a second. <laughs> you so. thought we were going, right, bringing you back. He just took the wheel, dude. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Fly us home. So today is actually a really important day in, uh, in my life and just kind of who I became as a coach and why that quote really, really does stand out to me. And eight years ago, my sister actually died from a lethal dose of heroin it's really, really a bad problem from where I come from in Washington County, uh, Wisconsin. And she's not the first person that it happened to in my life, but of course, you know, your, your sister who's closest to you in age, that's a pretty big deal. And that really spiraled me into a horrible place of mental health, which is actually why she had ended up doing it. She was actually, she was actually, you know, like recovering from it, doing a lot better and a really, really poor relationship that she was in. 
drove her to this sort of madness that said like, I, I need, uh, you know, something to numb the pain. And for her, since she had not done like without going too, too far into detail, the dose was lethal because she had actually not done heroin in a while. And so it was a lethal dose killed her. And again, that spiraled me into a very, very serious depression and like kind of moving me along the line six to nine months down the road is where I started to become almost on the other side of health where you're like, no, like that doesn't have green on that plate. Don't show me that. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm only going to put like the purest things in my body, uh, quit drinking, uh, any like partying that I was doing anything like that. And so I kind of flipped to the other side of health, but then I found more of the middle ground. And so that's really what my whole journey has been about, about, but it really, really was like lit up by that particular event in my life because she was so close to me and I've just seen that depth of mental health. And if I can help anyone <laughs> to stop before it gets to that point, I'm there in your corner. Uh, I, I know uh, not, not that depth of depression, but I've, I've been there and I felt that power, uh, that dark power holding over. And it's something that I never want people to experience and always want to help people out of. So that's really, really why I'm here today having this conversation with you guys about what it is that I care about. Did you happen to ever listen to the uh, the Barbell Saves episode we have? Barbell Saves? The Barbell Saves. I think that would be something that would really gel with you because uh, Rob Best, who's a, a gym owner, CrossFit Uru, he, he's got a, an entire, what would you say, like a, a class, a, a yeah. nonprofit that's dedicated to helping people get out of drug and alcohol addictions through CrossFit, like give them something else to focus on, similar to what you were saying. I, I think that's something you would really gel with and uh, easily was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. When Joe was saying that, it was like a light was coming from him. Like I can tell that like in his innermost core, like that's who he is as a human. And yeah, Joe, that was that almost like teared up a little bit, but I can see that in you that that is your purpose. And I can feel that in you that it is your purpose. Like, yeah, that's dope. We need to put that in the front of the episode. Yeah, that was that was great. Did you have you practiced that before? No, no, <laughs> no. Did, but did you say it was eight years ago today? Today, today, this yeah. very day, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's pretty wild. And my, I've always had a really, really hard time being vulnerable about or being vocal enough to be vulnerable about it. But my mom has really been like a, a bright light in that. And it's almost scary how open she can be. But, you know, she's a she's a nurse in a gynecology department. So she's pretty open about Whoa, stuff, Let's say but. other people are open as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a great joke. Oh. So, but she's uh, she's definitely helped in that and, and just inspired that in me. But behind every strong man is a strong mom. That's what I always say. Yeah, 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 really. okay, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but thanks for coming on, Joe. We appreciate you, man. We're looking forward to big things in 2021. And yeah, just have a good Christmas. And we love having you on. Thanks, man. You oh, guys yeah. as well. And all the listeners, happy holidays, guys. <laughs>